a choice right now, right now, between fear and love. It's just a run. Out of the dark night of ignorance and into the shining light of truth. Expanding reality. A population of citizens capable of critical thinking. We don't see things as they are, we see them as we are. There's a, a level of reality where everything dissolves into an ocean of energy. We empower our experience by insisting on our authenticity. That's very profound. Very Expanding Reality. Welcome to Expanding Reality. I am your host, Brandon Thomas. On this episode, we have Xiao Ma. She is unbelievable, guys. This is one of the coolest conversations, one of the most amazing and interesting people I've ever talked to. We get into some really deep consciousness studies work that she's involved in, as well as um, her UFO experience, which led to a bunch of crazy cool stuff. So it, it kind of covers the gamut on this one. She is absolutely fascinating. You guys will love this conversation. But before we get to that, a couple of announcements for us here on the show. So we have partnered with T Public to offer merchandise. So we have t-shirts, hats, uh, phone cases, um, all that kind of stuff. Anything you can slap an Expanding Reality logo on, there are two options up there for you guys to check out. Uh, many more designs are coming down the pipe, guys. I'm working with a good artist friend of mine, uh, and so stay tuned for all that stuff, but it is linked down in the show notes. So they're offering some sort of discount for right now uh, for a little bit, so make sure that you guys go take advantage of that, and it's a wonderful way to support the show. Go out there and rep. Uh, you know, Take a picture, hashtag it with Expanding Reality Podcast on Instagram or Facebook or whatever you want to do and i'll throw you a little shout out throw you a little love uh, other than that another big announcement is we just entered the realm of rockfin so there's some premium content um, there's some big stuff going on over there we do have a couple of things going on but y'all make sure that you check that out link is down there below and that is a whole nother thing it's like a whole nother show over there guys so if you like this we're gonna be doing some breakdowns on some different ufo uh cases and uh you know ghost stories and cool like really really cool stuff breakdowns on project Bluebeam. some of the stuff that we elaborate on or that we talk about here on the show we will elaborate on in the premium content side of things so y'all make sure to check that out as well link in the show notes along with the website where the links to all the socials and youtube and all that kind of stuff can be found so a couple of big announcements we're very excited about it and we just keep moving forward and we're grateful so thanks again guys uh, truly truly grateful so, uh, without any further ado, let's uh, get to this episode. This is Xiao Ma. Usually I nail this thing. Okay. <laughs> All right, here we go. <laughs> All right, uh, ladies and gentlemen, we are already having a great time over here. Uh, very, very grateful to have Xiao, Xiao Ma uh, Xiao on the show here. Uh, so, Xiao, how are you over there? Um, very well. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me, Brandon. Absolutely. No, it's our, it's our pleasure. So I actually got introduced to you through uh, Bob Davis, who I've had on the show. You know, he wrote the book Unseen Forces. He is wonderful. Yep. So um, tell us a little bit about yourself, and then I want to know how you know Bob. Yeah, sure. So as people know that my name's Xiao Ma. Xiao is my first name, spelled as S-H-A-O. My last name is Maya May. So I'm actually a Chinese, but right now I'm living in Sydney, Australia. So I came here for high school, uni, and work here. So uh, my background now, I'm a full-time professional as a attorney. 
So full-time job, Monday to Friday, and during the weekend, my、uh, hobby is reading books and doing something else. So yeah. What is the craziest case you've ever had as an attorney in Australia? The craziest case. There's so many craziest cases to be honest. I know.、Uh, I love that we had a quite a few、um, during that time. I was working for a dispute resolution lawyer, so you will call them as like litigation lawyers. So we got class actions.、Um, yeah, that's just crazy. And one of the cases involved was、oh, I shouldn't go into too detail. It's a bit confidential,、um, but you know this. Every day is a bit of crazy, crazy working hours dealing with people from all walks of life.、Um, but yeah, I can't think of any most craziest case right now, except ufology. I would say that's the most、yeah. craziest. Oh yeah, no, definitely, and we're definitely going to talk about it. But、um, I was just curious because if I didn't know what kind of civil disobedience or something like that was going on in Australia. There's some rough tumblers、um, in my、uh, experience, and I just imagine that you probably get some zany ones, like somebody kicks somebody's、uh, crocodile or something like that.、Um, so,、yeah. uh, okay, well, tell us how you know Bob Davis. Yeah, so Bob actually is a very reputable、uh, professor from a very famous uni, as you know. So Bob and I are both um, um, members of CCRI. So for the people who don't know CCRI, I think it stands for like Consciousness Study Institute.、Uh, we both know our mutual friend called Ray Hernandez.、Yeah. So Ray is one of the founder of、um, FREE organization, with you know focusing ufology. Alternative science, NDE, which is near death experience. So, for all the things happening in the alternative science field, people just want to know what's the connection. So, basically, Bob Davis and Ray put all the puzzles together. What they actually found is whether it's you know ufology or alternative、uh, alternative science, it's all connected to do with consciousness. Study. So, Brandon, what I actually found really interesting about that,、uh, my little hobby is also focused on philosophy. Consciousness study is one of one of the relatively speaking new area in philosophy as well. So that's very cutting edge sort of、um, what we'll call a, academic field right now.、Um, so yeah, that's way, how we actually know each other from CCI. Uh, the marrying of the science, the philosophy, the observations,、uh, the study—all of it—that's the next step, right? We we got to all come、Absolutely. together. We 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 had a good run, you know. Science has gotten us very, very, very far, and we're not abandoning、yep. science. We're building it as a foundation, as a platform to research further some of these extraordinary phenomena. So, which one's your favorite out of all the extraordinary stuff going on? Do you have a favorite?、Um, I. It depends. In which phase of my life, to be honest. Okay, like music. You know, your your taste in music changes, right? So your taste in preference、yeah. of phenomena would change so, as well. At the beginning, you know, like、uh, for me, my life journey. I always say to my friends, it's like、uh, a screenplay. Everybody got different screenplay when they incarnate on this planet. So how I got into consciousness study for my for, for my life journey was through you know ufology. And ETs, but for other people, maybe through you know near death experience. But now I'm more looking into from ufology into spirituality and consciousness study. So that's sort of like a transitioning point for me at this stage. My favorite right now is spirituality. I would say consciousness study. 
Okay. Uh, I like that. You know, and there's a big movement. Have you noticed that where you're located as well? A big spiritual awakening type thing going on? Yeah, absolutely. Like I met so many people from China, USA, Americans and Chinese and like Australians. So many people have like a massive awakening. You know, people awakening could be through a very certain events, could be, you know, a tragedy, you know, like could be a divorce or car accident, you know, just shaking their paradigm about what's going on. So sometimes we need to have that kind of punch or shake in order to be awakened. Or could be just uh, some encounters. Yeah, I do see a lot of people awakening, yeah. It's it's interesting, and I love it. I mean, people are like, "Oh, are you posers." I haven't heard much of that, to be honest with you. I've heard some people go, "Well, they've just you know found it." Well, great. Nobody in the spiritual community is upset with newcomers. You're all welcome. That's kind of the deal, you know. We we're like a non restrictive religion. Just go for it, you know. No, no, just come on in. You know, everybody's welcome. Uh, with no precursors, you don't you don't have to do anything. Just be here, you know. Be be you, right? Exactly. Uh, yes. So. What about the uh, UFO phenomena uh, resonates with you? Yeah, so if you don't mind, I give you some background information about how I got into this field. Please. So, uh, you know, at the beginning around year 2012, I was working as a sort of like a junior attorney because I just graduated not long ago during that time. So uh, I was very 3D person, you know, just work go to go to work, come back home, mingle with my friends, standard things, average to blow. And how I initiated into consciousness studies was through, you know, UFO encounters. One day around June 2012, around that time in middle of 2012, I went to our law firm's Brisbane office and then I saw a UFO craft hovering over, you know, in the sky. And when I look into, you know, look outside of the, you know, office window, I saw it. For me, it's actually awakening. It's a wake up call because that makes me really humble. And all of a sudden I realize there's something beyond my knowledge, something that I don't know. What is this? You know, and then I do some diligence and realize it's called a UFO and also related to ET. So the whole diligence, you know, search into this, you know, diving into this rabbit hole. Um, at the beginning, it was like a philosophical quest. You know, who am I? What is my role play in this grander scheme of things? If aliens are real, you know, where should I position myself in this grander universe? Because during that time, all of a sudden I know, you know, we're not alone in this universe. So I really need to really think, you know, where's my position? Why I'm here? You know, why not there? So, yeah, it was a wake-up call for me. And then I start to know Mary Rodwell. I'm not sure if you heard about Mary Rodwell or not. She's actually a very famous ufologist uh, in the field. Um, and then email Mary because I feel like a very trustworthy person. I said, look, this happened to me. This happened to me. And what really interesting, Brandon, is once I start to look into the subject, the paranormal activities start to picking up, you know, gradually, gradually. It's been really. For you personally? Yeah, yeah, yeah. If when I wasn't awakened, you know, since like having the dream state, I can't make sense of it. I just brush it off. It's like, oh, I just dream. You know, when I start to accept this is part of the my reality now, 
things start to picking up really fast and very intense. And uh, that's how I got into Australian ufology, you know, like uh, start to know people, connect with like-minded person like you and others, and they are looking to from ufology into spirituality. A few years down the track, um, I got to know quite a few Chinese. So uh, they say, hey, look, we're also in the field. I heard about you, Xiao. You know, I know that you can speak Chinese. This happened to you. That happened to you. And uh, why don't you just get on my show, you know, uh, talk about it. Um, that was, I think, back in 2016 or 2017. During that time, China wasn't that kind of close. You know, it's sort of not allowed, but you can still talk about it. It's it's. It's okay, you know, it's still very restricted field, but not fully close. So, you know, I jump on my friend's platform like yours and talk about my experience. And boom, I just, things just news go haywire, just everywhere. And then that starts to write about the chapters and the, the articles and get on different shelves, you know. And then I became famous, to be honest, actually very famous in China. Um, yeah, and all sorts of funny things, you know, happened. And I, I was very lucky because I was quite connected in a Chinese ufology and a spiritual community. I start to get more insights about what's going on in the Chinese ufology and spiritual communities, not just ET things, but how people behave, how they react. And I got all the emails, hundreds of hundreds of emails, like people email to me, talk about their issues. So I got lots of data, if you want to call it, like how they, what's going on in the Chinese communities that time. So that's a very interesting experience for me as well. I'm happy to explore further. Yeah, no, it definitely is. So whenever you saw the craft um, in 2012 outside the office, was that the first time that you'd ever seen one? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I just, uh, you know, funny enough, I was just focused on my paperwork in the office and I got, a, I got an idea of something like, yeah, maybe I should just look outside of my window. You know, all of a sudden I was like, yeah, maybe I should. So I just looked outside of the window and then I saw silvery spear shape, you know, or shape like craft hovering the sky, very steady. It's definitely not airplane because it's just round, you know, spear shape. A few hundred meters above the ground, not moving. It's just there. So I, found, I, I look at it, look at it, look at it for a long time. It's just not moving. And by the time I decided to pick up my phone to take a picture, it's just it's gone. So I thought it's very interesting. So, yeah. No, it's incredibly interesting. What made you think that it was a craft? Was it like metal and reflective? Could you see windows? Could there any lights or anything? Yeah, I don't see anything. I just see uh, a spear-shaped, silvery color spear-shaped craft. I got a strong sense that it's a UFO. Okay. I wasn't at the beginning. It took me literally almost 30 seconds by staring and figure out what is it because it, it wasn't in my knowledge field, you know, it's, it's really challenging my paradigm. And then all of a sudden I got an idea, you know what? This thing can be called the UFO. And next thing I realized it's gone. And there's no airplane can move that fast, you know, because my office window is quite broad. If I pick up my phone, I want to take a picture, you, you will still see the crowd moving, you know, but 
for that scene, it's so low, you know, just a few hundred meters above the uh, horizon, you know, basically. Uh, not moving, just stay, and all of a sudden just disappear. Just, just quite amazing, I would say. That's remarkable. It's so fascinating. And so have you continued to have encounters after that, besides paranormal UFO encounters? Yeah, and all things start to picking up from that. And, and uh, I do believe it's like some kind of like psychic interaction. Once you start to accept this can be part of your reality, this can be real, you kind of open your mind for it. And then all sorts of funny things happen. You may heard about Ray Hernandez talk about the contact modalities, you know, and then all of a sudden I had, you know, OBE, out of body experience. What's funny enough about OBE is that I had a conscious OBE that is you stand outside of your body and you're fully conscious, you know, I'm not in my body. And I was talking to the beings right next in my room. You know, they're talking and talking back to them and talk back, talk back. So that's something never happened before, but they reminded me later on down the track, Brandon. They said, Xiao, these things happened to you since you were birth, but now you just, you know, whether you call it switched on or not, and then you suddenly accept it. So what I want to say to the audience and you is that it happened to all of us. I'm not someone special, but once you accept as it is, they will reveal it to you. You know, they just, that's that's just amazing. OBE and orbs flying around, the ETs coming, the UFO just pop up. You know, the intensity start to, and the frequency level just become picking up just basically during those years. I'm going to, I'm going to start by saying this. You are special. Okay. Cause you're special to us. So thank you for sharing this part of your story and everything. And really uh, you have a home here anytime your soul tribe. Now this is wonderful. Uh, so I'm, I'm fascinated by the fact that you, your attention was now drawn to something in the sky that like you said, and I agree with that probably people see, or probably that's all around us all the time. You've only shown it whenever either, like you said, there's a switch flipped, which it, you read my mind on that. That's exactly what it made me think of when you said it. And, or, um, it's just something that eventually happens, you know, and they'll, but they'll show you if they want you to be, you to see them. Right. So, um, it, it is also fascinating how you started to then have all these interesting ancillary type phenomena that would lead you to believe that it's all connected. You know, there are a lot of people that say, um, you know, Oh, nothing, nothing else happened. I just saw the UFO and they don't mention the, you know, drawers opening and lights turning on in their house, you know, for weeks afterwards or weeks before. So, um, what was your paranormal activity? Like what, what happened with that? Sorry, before we answer that, I want to address the point you just made, which is a fabulous point. And I have my own observation perspective on that. What I actually believe is those things happen to me. It's it's my perspective, my opinion. I mean, those things may happen to me many times in my past, but I wasn't ready. You see, and maybe I have a light switch on, switch off like yours. But that time, during that time, I could be a very close person. But maybe something during 2012 maybe it's it's my life i don't know like destiny or something i just more open during that time and when they show me again you know your friends can talk to the same topic over over again but i'm just like yeah whatever whatever but one day you're just like okay you know it's my time you know it's I, my time. 
my, my wife and I do this all the time. Like I'll tell her something and she's like, nah. And then somebody else will tell her the exact same thing. And she'll go, no way. Really? I didn't know that. I'm like, yeah, you did. But it's like this, right? <laughs> right. And yeah. it's, a, it's adorable. It's fun. But this is a great point you're making. Yeah. It's, it's like a, for every soul, you know, we have different, even soul have different personalities and different timing, you know, like my parents or whatever, like my friends, you can tell them, for some people, you only need to tell them one or twice. You know, you, you show them phenomenon, could be OB, could be all sorts of things. They will just switch it off very quickly. Oh my God, I need to look into it. <clears throat> for some souls, you need to tell them over, 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 many times, show them many things. Don't you get it? Don't you get it? Eventually, they will be triggered. And that's when things start to flow. But I think that's my point. Like every journey, people better don't complain. Say, you know, Brennan, you know, it never happened to me. No, they did so many times. But those people just so switched off. They need to be open-minded person, you know, to let it in. So everybody have a different time, like a tipping point, tipping point for their awakening, I call it. That's interesting. But it's also interesting that their visibility to you, because, yeah, if we follow the model and I agree with you again, uh, that it's been happening to everybody all the time, that's way more likely. Right. Uh, And so if it is that way, then it's just weird that your spiritual awakening would coincide with your ability to view something that's been touted or one of the strong ideas for is that they're little green men coming from other planets, which I don't necessarily subscribe to. But it's interesting that your spiritual awakening coincides with that, coincides with a lot of people waking up to, like you said, a lot of injustice in the world right now, and that the system that we've been living with is not it's a sustainable. It's a yeah, it's a different form of awakening. Right. You know, there's a lower level awakening, a higher level awakening. Look, I don't want to put it in hierarchy, but i tell you the truth. When I saw the UFO, during that time, when I start to do my due diligence, you know, are we alone in this universe? It's not the happiest moment because it, it, it shatters my ego because it makes me humble to know one thing, which is wisdom. That is, there's so many things that you don't know, Shama. You know, and it's like, oh, okay. You know, I don't know this. Now I start to know. And now I realize I'm a new kid on the block. You know, maybe we are just one of trillion gazillion beings in this multiverse and those beings may look at me like you know who are you you know you're just another you know humans so that makes me really humble you know you know like oh maybe i'm just uh, one of those beings you know what's my position who am i why am i here and what's my role in this lifetime that really triggered me to think deep rather than before my trigger point, like, you know, I'm just a girl, get a job and get a pay, do my work, you know, tell my parents, no, nah, my lawyer. So it's, it's beyond that. So I see that, you know, awakening sometimes enlightenment doesn't always make us happy. So that's what I want to say. It's a great point. You're absolutely right. Um, it, it is the unbelievable that, you know, people can just go their whole lives. And and I've got this is the next question, actually, so that they can go their whole lives and just not even be interested in any of this stuff. And not that there's anything wrong with that. Like, I think this place is, it's a playground. It's, it's a place of possibility. So you get to do whatever the hell you want. So if that life is what you want, dope, you know, go for it. But also, I think that there are some extra 
things going on here in this place. It's like a game, right? And there's little extra levels you can unlock. You can get a gift or some sort of bonus in this game that'll make you see ghosts and stuff, you know, and UFOs and give you access to higher knowledge, you know? So do you think, and then the question I had to that point then, do you think that um, there's such a thing as young and old souls, that there are just people here that, okay. Uh, But I have a, uh, yes and no. Okay. Yes, I believe because there are souls after they actually departed from the prime creator, you know, some people call it a God, call it a source, but the same thing. They have more incarnations, you know, they incar- They play more games, different rounds. Yes, yes, yes. Um, so they probably accumulated more knowledge. That would be yes and no. Yes and no. I know the answer is funny. No, because you have those people. I saw them, you know, they may be an old soul. They may incarnate a trillion times, whatever but they don't learn from their life lessons. Mm, mm-hmm. You know, I know those people, you know, I know those people. They say, you know, my guides always say to me, you know, Joe Blow, you know, you had a 10 incarnations learning this specific life experience. And why did you always make the same mistakes? So my point here is, yes, there is a concept of old and young souls, but young souls, it really purely depends on the soul. Some souls learn things very quick. They make one mistake, they got it. They will never make the same mistake again. Okay, I fall in that trap. Now I know I will not make that mistake again. Or you can have those old souls repetitively making the same mistake over, 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 over again. They may have so many incarnations, but that doesn't make them know a lot. It's like, you know, my parents always say to me, the hell you know you know like we cross more bridges than how how many miles you have walked in your life but my parents don't understand i may learn things quicker than them from the soul level so old and young soul is a valid point but that doesn't mean they have more wisdom than the young souls it's just pure personal journey it's brilliantly put, and I don't know why I never thought of it that way. Of course it would be that way, because people learn at different rates. You have free will here, whatever this place is. You at least have the choice, right, to choose to keep making the same mistake or not. Uh, may it be stubbornness, may it just be what you want to do, whatever. But it would make sense that there we all kind of get a fresh start here, but everybody ages and learns and matures differently, right? I, I yeah. like that concept a lot. So do you think that we're here as sort of – let me ask you this, then, to those questions questions that you were asking yourself, have you found answers to them? Yes, I did. Soon my mistakes are made. So my guides always said to me, you know, I tell you, like, I'll be very open. People say, what is UFO to do with consciousness? And I tell you, uh, it improves my life because I learn from my mistakes. And uh, for the beings, which I interact with, and they, I don't know, it's maybe different soul attracts to different beings. Um, I call them my God family. They are very outspoken, very direct person, you know. Uh, they say, you know, and I say, oh my God, I have a challenge life, you know. It's so not easy to be a Chinese living in Australia, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but they say, that's what it appears to be, you know. Like, you want to be Chinese in this incarnation. No complain. I was like, okay. And then, and it was like, okay, because people need to understand in, in order to 
have enlightenment about discrimination, racism, what I actually learned for the audience as well, I'm not always Xiaoma. You know, in this life, I'm a Chinese. But my past life, you know, I was Spanish. You know, I was American in one, one life. You know, I was a Black, I was Caucasian. In this life, I'm Asian. So when people have that awakening, they will realize, oh my God, I have so many incarnations. So you're not always American. I'm not always Chinese. When they have that awakening, knowledge, they will loosen up the concept about you're Chinese, I'm American. You know, they don't have that rigid, you know, point anymore. So what I learned from, Sorry. No, I was just going to say what else helps with that is travel, like mo- going to a different country. Because when I was in China, it was 2008, 2007, I think something like that. But yeah, it was the most amazing experience I've ever had in my life. And but it was it gave me such a broader perspective on the world and on people and on culture and just on life itself. It was like I said, I, I encourage anybody to do that. That's a wonderful way to figure out the turn that you and your country aren't all that they say that it is. Right. Yeah, exactly. And uh, just add on to that point, and then you just mentioned that what have you learned, you know, through your life journey. So from the like UFO ET contact, what I actually learned, they said to me is, you are making the same mistake over and over again. And I said, where about? You know, I was, you know, they said, you're a very stubborn person. You know, I was born in China as a communist country. You know, we have ponytails. We have ponytails. You know, Chinese have ponytails that time. Probably so, so many. So why are you having the same hairstyle all, all the time? Why are you eating the same lunch? You know, if I like one lunch during that time, I was eating the same thing. So that's how stubborn I was. But for the soul journey, for my soul, it's not expanding because I always experience the same thing over and over again. Could be my social upbringing because I was born in China. You know, the way it is, that could be me. But in order for my soul to expand, I have to try new things. So I forced myself to change my hairstyle. It looks looks great. It's beautiful. Thank you. you. Dyed hair and change the um, everything, basically. It's it's not very comfortable. So the point I want to make is we get into this life, you know, for my turning point is ufology and alien. For other people, maybe a near-death experience. Some people may have, I don't know, car accident, just waking them up. You know, oh my God, I need to look into my life. We can only move forward. You know, some tragedy is a, is a wake-up call too. So, but I always say to people like, what have you learned from all these? People have like a UFO fever, you know what I mean? Like uh, the craft looks like a brown, that's the color the bean looks like that. But so what? So what? What's that important to you? So what I'm saying is through the whole years, you know, my encounter experience, that's what I learned. This life journey, I need to change myself. I made my mistake. Now I need to improve. That means, you know, I need to improve myself by changing my hairstyle, change the job, you know, change the workplace. If I don't like the whole life for my soul, this lifetime is about life transformation. I must change myself. So that's the mistake I learned from my past. So I mean, I learned from my mistake. Amazing. And how old are you? I'm 35, about to turn 36. You're so young. And I mean, you you figured this out now. That's fantastic. So now it's just kind of easy going, right? You can just you can just coast, right? That's how spiritual awakening works. You've answered all the questions and you could just kick back and just hang out, right? 
Yeah, Brenda, and also you mentioned about old or young. So, you know, I, I for me, um, you know, it would be very sad for someone to say, yes, I'm an old soul, but I learned the same mistakes over, over, over again. I'd rather be, doesn't matter I'm old or young soul, but I made one mistake and I quickly transformed. And that makes me sound smart. You know, you learn from your mistake. And this lifetime as a Shama, this identity, this persona, I learned what to do is right. And I also learned what not to do. So uh, I'm very grateful to have these ET encounter experiences for the lessons that they taught me. So, yeah. Well, I mean, the UFO phenomena has always fascinated me, and now it's recent, more, way more recent uh, connection to consciousness. I think it's it is the next step, and then the more that we realize that, the more awarenesses about that happen, and then it's just like this domino effect of all of these people coming online with, "Oh my God, you know this." Conspiracy theory turned out to be true. And if that's their way into it, awesome. Or, oh my goodness, you know, I didn't think about this, but this, I feel better about this style of understanding about the universe rather than what it, where I was raised and the religion I was raised in. And I kind of resonate towards that. And so they're gravitating that way. You've just seen this massive awakening. And it is such a cool thing to behold. Now, I've kind of got this idea that whatever is going on right now was kind of instigated by, you know, because there's a, devious hand or let me say this from my perspective i think there's a devious hand kind of controlling stuff behind the scenes that is necessary part of the process but also i think that it's there as a way to wake up right you need that to push you into a direction that sucks so i think that that's what people are figuring out they're getting uncomfortable and then they're resonating with something that's way more enlightening and it's this huge world and this wonderful community and i think it's i think it's great yeah yeah we need more people to be fully awakened and what's more important than be fully awakened is they actually put in action so many people they just you know they listen to our show that's interesting but they don't do don't do things i wish to see more people actually involved in you know improve themselves or go out to promote or do something about it so action is required also Action is definitely required because it's all connected. So it's a part of the manifestation process too, if you subscribe to that idea, right? So when your guides contact you, what form do they present themselves in? Um, all sorts. Sometimes at the beginning, it's a gradual entry level. You know, you want know, not to scare me. At the beginning, it was just uh, lights in the sky. And then I get a contact in the dream more like a lucid dreaming, but they make it more knowing to me <clears throat> before they may portray in a dream as my friend, you know, talking to me or my family member or celebrity. But since I more subscribe to the idea that aliens real, they show themselves in a dream, like a lucid dreaming. For the people who don't know that lucid dreaming is actually not a dream, not something just randomly happened. Lucid dreaming is actually a way of contact through consciousness, but less invasive way, you know. Um, so, so those are like a lucid dreaming state, out of body experience. You know, I get out of my body. They're in my room talking to me. I talk to them. They talk to me. You know, da da da. Um, on the spacecraft. A lot of time when people go on a spacecraft like me, 80% are a soul travel, you know, consciousness projection or soul. Uh, very occasionally, the physical body may be lifted, 
not very often, maybe, you know, annual medical checkup, something like that. So those are the encounters, you know, sightings, OBE, through dream state, astral travel, physical body. So yeah, those are the main communication methods. Oh, sorry. And telepathy, projecting the third eye, you know, pictures, mm. uh, uh, tele- you know, telepathy contact yes so you said a craft in your astral body and i have heard this concept which is why which could explain how that you're able to like phase through walls and and windows and stuff like that that are closed um and then just arrive on a craft um so whenever you went there with your astral body you you could see the craft you could look around and see it were there any beings there uh it depends how much they want you to remember it like every being have a different personality different classified level like if it's just meet and grade they normally allow me to remember the interior design you know the being you met if it's more private sometimes they show you that much and next thing they will black out so all you get is that the info and then black screen oh, and then move to the next part so sometimes they don't want you to remember that part during this period of life, but eventually we'll kick in for the years down the track. So yeah, they will they will allow me to remember if it's it's if I'm allowed. So yeah. Have you tried uh, being hypnotized and done hypnotic regression? Very hard. Everybody is different, but for me, uh, very difficult for people to regress me. Uh, I know Mary, she regressed me for once. You know, I think so is very picky. Sometimes I said to myself, my soul is very picky. And I tried a few times, you know, I even did a psychic reading, you know, the famous psychics. They can't rate me and regression, they can't regress me. And I don't know, like some people are just really difficult to be regressed and to be read. And, you know, you have to really found the right person. Um yeah that's it's incredible um so do you dream regularly or is it very rare that you dream i do dream regularly sometimes just a dream sometimes it's more information coming so yeah got you okay no i was curious because um and so do you feel like you get a lot of contact and messages through your dream or do you just do you have just sometimes just like whatever whatever dreams and then you have specific ones that you're meant to remember for contact information yeah, there are very important things they if they want you to remember, like I always have one or two dreams that when I had it, you will remember for the entire life. It's just so profound and so emotional, you know, emotions come with it. Just it was like, oh my God, you know, it's more vivid than this realm. You know, they just want to make sure that you remember this lucid dream. Must you know got a very important messages inside. If something they don't want you to remember, they just black screen it. Just oh, that's not your time. <laughs> yeah, or like screen memories with like owls or you know just forest or something like that. I've heard of crazy stuff like this, and then they go into hypnotic regression. Turned out to be you know aliens or an abduction. Um, so what? What in your mind is probably the coolest thing that you've been told from your spirit guides or from your your contact experience? Sorry, you mean what, what, what are the important things? Oh, one like cool one, just like something that just blew your mind where you're like, damn, that oh, yeah. is outstanding. I want to, uh, not so much on my personal development a lot, you know, but I want to share something useful for you and the audience. 
is maybe a few. There's a one. There's a female being. She's very wise, so she came in and she showed me a tunnel. That tunnel was during my dark night of the soul, very challenging time in my life. A tunnel, and uh, I was just travel through that dark tunnel. I was like, oh my god, when is that? It's going to end. And then she showed me a light in the end of the tunnel. And uh, for people who need to know that. The most important messages they want to give to people normally happen when you're just about to be awakened. You know, you're just about to wake up, so you're in that twilight. So you're just about to open your eyes. Sometimes they want you to remember the most important part. That's where you hear things, you see things a lot. So she said, "There's always a light in the end of the tunnel." And then you see the the tunnel about to turn on the right hand side. So it's like she said to you that it's the turning point about to happen. So for me, it's very courageous. You know, every time when I go through the shitty day, excuse my language, like, oh my god, I had enough with this planet. And they just say, oh, you know, remember this dream. There's always a light in the end of the tunnel. So that kind of gave me a hope of faith. You know, to move forward. Um. That's very important for me for my soul journey. Every time I have something very, you know, difficult situation, I remind myself of that dream. You know, I'm almost there, and I say,、like, "How soon you soon?" Sometimes I sprint to them on the spacecraft. I need to know. They say, "Very soon." Look at that. You know, it's so close. The light is there. It's like,、oh, I need to know. So、um, another important thing. Is what I learned in those encounters.、Um, there will be a massive change. A OBE, I remember.、Um, you know, there's one day there, there's a being in my room, a presence. She's a very loving and very funny too. <clears throat> she,、uh, she showed me a balcony, so we walk outside of the a balcony. And for the people who don't know where I live, it's very close to the Sydney Observatory view. You know, like、uh, you can see the skies. And she pointed to that side and look, and I see just gorgeous, beautiful new Earth. It's beyond, beyond my words. Emotions come with it. It's just like the new Earth is like a new heaven. You know, it's 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 beyond anything I can comprehend. And I say, oh my God! And she say, in this lifetime. Your generation will see these, and I say, how long should I waiting for? You know, so I'm very eager. I want, I want, I want to go there. She say, she didn't tell me the date. To be honest, she just say, in this lifetime, your generation will go there. Basically, that's the message. So at least for me, Brandon, there's a hope. You know, it's like、uh, it's there. It's almost there. So, so it's. it's I'm going to go ahead and speak for the entire audience on this one, and we all just took like this amazing sigh of relief whenever you were explaining that. That that just hit us all. I'm going to go ahead and speak for everyone in the future listening to this. That hit us all really, really deep. So thank you for saying that. That is so cool. I do you do you think though that with with this Earth? I mean, well, if you think about it, you're the human life is only so long. You're already you know thirty and some change into this bitch. You、uh, you know it'll you'll see it soon. That's amazing. That's great. In my generation, given that I'm 36, you know, I don't know how long should I waiting for, but I got a gut feeling something big is going to happen to this physical realm in the next two to five years, I believe. So we can see it.
a lot of people have been talking this way, you know, with uh, either Anunnaki or any of that kind of stuff. It's people, people are feeling that way. But I also got a, a, a another serious part to this. Um, I need to let people know that, yes, that's the beginning part of the message, but they also be very honest with me. During that time, they say I wasn't, you know, a few years now, I tried, you know, that time, I wasn't qualified to the news. They show me your generation can go there, but she didn't say you will go there. She said your generation, right? Dang. So I was like, I want to go, I want to go. So she said, but you're not ready. And I'm like, what do you mean? You know, I'm a good person, you know. But they say, you need to overcome your shortcoming shell. You know, you're a very stubborn person, you, but you need to change yourself. So the message I've got from the grander scheme of things, the picture, the vision is show me on a spacecraft and things. Yes, there is a new Earth. The planet is going to shift into transform into this new Earth. It's a planetary change, but not everyone is going to make the cut. So people need to understand it's not everybody will go there. That's the message I've got. There are certain people who will graduate. It, well, the words they tell me is a graduation. You know, a large population will be graduate to this new planet, go there. But there are people who are not play well in this realm and not going to graduate. So they have to, you know, go elsewhere. So then I was really eager in my soul. You know, I got that anxious feeling during those years. Like, what should I do? So you need to change yourself. So I think really it's an independent soldier. Yes, the future is glorious, but whether or not for you and I, everyone here, are we going to make the cut? It's purely personal journey. In order to make sure that we get there, we need to have a soul transformation. I truly believe that. It's like a cheat code. It's like there's another level you can get to. You just have to figure out how to do it here. And yeah, maybe, and they very maybe you reincarnate here every a bunch of times until you figure that out. Yeah, and the people like you know the reason why what I really want to let the viewer know it's it's very serious because I learned my learned my mistakes through a lot of hardship. There are two things people need to know. The reason why we keep incarnate back and back again for two reasons. One, as I mentioned. We just don't want to change. You know, I told you, you know, I have the same hairstyle and I was eating the same lunch over and over again. How boring because my soul just refused to change in that cocoon. So they say you need to open, you need to expand, you need to transform. So it took me a lot of courageous sort of energy to expand out of that cocoon. I need to change. You know, it's, it's, a, it's a fear that trapped me in that. You know, what if I change a workplace? What if I don't like a new place? What if I don't like my new hairstyle? What if this and that? But just push yourself. That's the first lesson I learned. The second thing is, Brendan, people choose to come back, even through the near-death experience, is because there is unfinished business. So a lot of time when we have our live review, that's what they told me, you know, during that moment when I cross over, I will have a life review. And you look at your life and it's like, oh my God, I shouldn't do this. I shouldn't do that. I need to fix this. I need to fix that. Why don't you fix now? You know, that's so for me right now, I have sort of changed myself, transformed, but also I'm working on myself for the unfinished 
businesses. When I say that to myself, it's for the audience to also maybe learn or use. Is you know, I may have argument, Brandon, a few years ago with my family members. Why? You know, why can't I just fix that by calling them? Say, I'm sorry, Auntie, you know, I shouldn't yell at you before. You know, you treat me so nice. I do apologize. Can we repair that relationship? That's important to me. And what if just, it's okay to say sorry. You know, maybe she take it. We can fix that relationship. If she don't take it, it's her own ego. But at least for my soul, I completed what I need to do. The unfinished business is actually finished because I did what I need to do. You know, the thing I always want to try, maybe I want to travel like you. I need to do it because I don't want to have a regret during my life review. I don't want to be saying, oh my God, I haven't finished this. I have to reincarnate back in the next time. I don't know. Is <laughs> you know, could be Japanese or could be African or could be someone else to learn this life lesson. I don't want to. I need to, you know, solve all the unfinished businesses in my life to apologize, to fix up the relationships, to try the new things. That's a message I want to let people know, you know, it's so important. It is. No, and it's a beautiful message because it's you only get so many spins around the sun, right? And if you've got this amount of time to not only improve yourself and experience all the wonderful things here, then enjoy it, you know, just live it up. I think that that's a wonderful message. Um, I am interested in the idea that uh, that there's a, a job here, you know, like there's a task, um, like there's something to do other than just experience life and maybe to make it as awesome and dope as you can. But I'm also very interested in the bifurcation of the planets is what you were talking about. I know Dolores Cannon talked about this kind of stuff as well whenever they talk about the Earth splitting. And you've got like a 3D, they, they uh, use dimensions to to denote this, but they say the 3D reality, which is what we're in now, um, but we're ascending to a 5D world, but that it's going to be a physical split where there will be two physical places that are different. Like right now we have, you know, what has been referred to as the highest levels of hell, the lowest levels of heaven, you know, because so many things are crazy and don't make sense and uh, can be misconstrued and can be two totally different ideas, but they make complete sense, you know. Uh, so there's a lot of confusion. But with this new 5D type of thing that we're talking about, I'm going to be more optimistic and say that everybody out there and you know who you are. You're going there, dude. We're going to 5D. Uh, you're going, Shema. We're going to go hang out in the 5D. We're going to make it yeah, super amazing. When we reach there. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. Yes. And uh, I forgot to tell you, feel free to cuss. You, you speak how you speak. If you want to cuss, go for it. I'm shocked I haven't been cussing more. I'm, I've got kind of a sailor mouth. Um, well, so do you do you do though do, what do you think though would it bum you out if this was just a ride? Like if you know, if the concept came to you that those things that are telling you that are not nefarious, they're just not being as honest with you as they could, because like you said, it's a stair step. Maybe your consciousness, even at this point, needs to hear the information phrased that way for it to be received in the way that it needs to advance you to the next level of understanding. And then maybe that next level of understanding, they tell you, uh, it's just kind of a free-for-all. You know, it's just kind of a ride. You can do whatever you want. You're all source. You're all the same thing. Uh, you're all cells of the same entity, right? You're just experiencing this from this from your perspective, from Shao Ma's perspective in this one life. And, you know, um, it's it's kind of that concept of the egg. Have you ever heard of that? 
the concept of egg. Can you elaborate more? The egg. Yeah, I'm going to send you the video. So there's about a 10 minute animated video from a from a short story that this lady wrote. And basically it tells in that story that all the people on the planet now and that have ever lived here and will ever live here in the future are you. So like you are everything here. And so what that would mean then is that you're all just interacting with yourself. And maybe you go through that reincarnation again and again and again until you figure it out. And then you graduate to a Shao Ma that's way that's got way better hair and is way more enlightened. So that makes sense, you know. Yes, yes, that makes sense. It's a very interesting perspective. Yes. Yeah, and it, it's it's warm, right? It just then that that gives you the, the you know you're everything. So therefore, just be nice to everybody, right? There's no there's no need for rudeness. There's no need to cut people off because it's all you. You know, Bill Hicks famously said, you know, what what's going to happen to the arms industry when they f- realize that we're all one? You know, when you're bombing e- yourself, right? Um, but this is the concept that resonates the most with me. But I'm interested in that you know, that it is kind of a, and maybe you did, maybe they're not conflicting ideologies. Maybe you challenged yourself to eat like you dared yourself in the higher dimension. You're like, I dare you to learn these lessons. And you're like, I can do it. And you go down there and you force this mechanism on yourself to learn it, you know, or repeat it until you learn it. Very possible. You know, like everybody incarnate into particular persona in different countries it's like a different game, you know, got a hard, medium, easy role, right? Yes, so that's a great play, point. Yeah, you play that persona, you have to overcome, you know, it's a cocoon, you have to overcome, become a butterfly. Maybe that's what my soul chose, you know, how this persona going to outgrow her upbringing as a Chinese, even living in a communist country before, how is she going to break out of this cocoon and become a butterfly? The things she needs to do, that's what my soul, so dentiment to sort of learn and just overcome it. So it does resonate with me, I believe. Yeah. Well, I like it. And they're not, they're, they don't contra- contradict each other. You could do that in both models, right? You could be all that there is and then f- put yourself through this kind of regime or this mode that you said, yes. Because I played Spider Man on uh, PlayStation. I rarely play, but when I did, it was awesome. And I got all the way through it. I was like, I'm the man. And then I set it on like the next level of difficulty, like medium or something. Uh, and I got my ass kicked. So it, you know, it is. It's like, oh God, now you got to learn more and you got to be sharper and you got to be better. Right. And so I, I like the idea, though. I don't think there's anything wrong with it because it's still not a punishment. Right. It's a self-inflicted lesson that you won't leave until you learn. And that's how much you love yourself is that you're forcing yourself to learn it. Exactly. And I'd like to add on one or two more points, because when I was in the Chinese ufology field, you know, as I mentioned, I got hundreds of emails from the Chinese side and I can see how they play their games, you know, like life games. It's very interesting because China, to be honest, it's, a, it's actually a very hard playground for Seoul because it's much control, like politically. Everything you do in your life is very politically controlled. And the people may argue, why not everywhere like that? No, in China, it's very specific. So what I see from China is when you want to do things, you know, like uh, say like YouTube channel you've got, you know, in in states in North America, you could, you know, the government have their own agenda in terms of ufology or different field. But you get people like grassroots people like you and I, you know, want to have our own channel, talk about our own things. You can, you know, like it's it's not absolutely shut down. But in China, it's different because when I got into the Chinese field, that time was 
2015, I wrote an article. During that time, I've got one million click just for that one article. During that time, the whole community wasn't being fully controlled or suppressed. So, you know, the government keep one eye closed and one eye open. You know, not allowed, but you sort of can do whatever you like, bitch, you know. So, you know, I, I came out and the people talk about it. It's, it's not too bad. But later on in China, things start to get very controlled. They shut down those platforms. You know, you can't write an article about it. You know, they 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 close it down. So in China, it's a very difficult playground. As a result of that, Brandon, people don't get that much information. And then, you know, in China, they got a firewall. That means they can't use Google. They can't use YouTube. There's no Facebook. Everything is none. In order to go to those websites, they need to use a VPN. It's like a some kind of an app for them to jump the firewall. So as a result of that, the information free flow in China is extremely limited. So think about it. For people like me, you know, another Xiaoma could be another Joe Blow in China, undergone a very challenging awakening time. There's less support for them. You know, there's nobody to say, Brandon, let's have a chat. You know, give me some insights. What should I do? So no one, you know, um, very limited information. So for those souls, they have to undergo even more challenge sort of time to break out of this cocoon because China cocoon is even more tougher, you know. So it's, it's very challenging for the soul uh, to incarnate as Chinese right now to seek spiritual awakening. It is. And, and there's something that I can say from personal experience. Uh, the Chinese people are some of the most incredible people I've ever met in my entire life. Remarkable, loving, open, sharing, hilarious I, I laughed so hard uh, over there and didn't speak, you know, a lick of Mandarin or Cantonese or anything when we made it to the South. But the issue has been the government there and the censorship. And you're absolutely right. Censorship, absolutely. It's crazy. It is. Yeah. I mean, we would go to, aren't they called Wambas, the uh, computer bar? Right. And you go in there. And so there's long rows of computers. And that's what you do. Not a lot of people have or I don't know how it is now. But back then, not a lot, everybody had a computer in their house. You went to a place like a computer yeah. cafe. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's where I would email like my mom, you know, because I didn't talk to him. I know Facebook, like you said, there was nothing like that. And um, I'm not even sure if the emails made it, you know, 100 uh, percent of the time. Um yeah, it's really weird, the censorship, though, but it makes complete sense. It, it creates a very low vibration environment, and we should be more grateful uh, just to the fact that we have access to the information that we do, even though lately it feels like the CPC is on YouTube and it's censoring everything. I got a video pulled the other day. It's crazy. It's just like, what the hell are we doing here, man? Um, so... It, it, but it's it's silly. But it, but like I said, I from the heart. I mean, the Chinese people, in my mind, the people, not the government, are unbelievable, and incredibly Thank remarkable. You. Yeah, they just it, there's just that's got a special place in my heart forever. Um, Thank you. So let let me ask you this then: uh, what what is your next move? What's what's your next project that you're working on? Uh, I try to go with flow, to be honest. I've got quite a few friends. They want to open up their channel on YouTube. So um, helping them out. Sometimes it's not about me in the spotlight. It's about me at the background, how to support others. So I'm using my network and resources and connection to say, hey, Joe Blow, could you please accept my friend's invitation? You know, maybe you 
the interview. So that's my next project to support my friends to build up their platforms so that they can promote what's going on in China. So people like in the Western world, they can get more real info from the grassroots people in China. So that's my next project. Uh, if people want to interview me, by all means, they can reach out to me on Facebook. So, uh, yeah. As if we needed a reason to love you anymore. And then there you go with something like that. It's the it's the idea. And I follow the model of abundance versus scarcity as well. I'm very abundant. So the rising you know, uh, tide raises all ships. I, I love it. It's wonderful to see that model. Uh, yes. And we're going to help in any way you can. And personal note, anybody you send me, I trust you. Just tell me. Uh, we'll have them on. I would love that. You were an absolute delight. Thank you. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of like when I was in the Chinese community, I can see there's a lot of ego and a competition, you know, mine is better than yours. Or I'm the grandmaster sorts. So I'm just like, come on, guys, just chill and relax, you That's know. That's in every yeah, culture, by the way. That's in every yeah, culture. We need to support each other. That's why I want to help my friends in China to build up their platforms. And I say, you know, they can interview you or you can interview them so the information can free flow between the American people and the Chinese people. So they get the real information rather than the CNN, the Chinese propaganda news about, you know, all the hatred on the news. Uh, I don't really believe that's the true reality. I completely agree with you. I think that that is the reality that's stealing our energy or our louche. I don't think it's it's the real things going on. And I'm, I'm absolutely there with you on that. Uh, no, on a, again, anybody that you recommend, I would love to be a part of whatever you've got going. So please, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just send them over and we're going to spread the word on you as well. Uh, I will, of course, link all the ways to find you down in the show notes. Shama, this has been an incredible honor. So thank you so much. I really do appreciate your time. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me. I'm just grateful to be on your show and with the audience. Thanks. I want to give a massive thanks to Shama for spending some time with us on the show today. She is incredible. She will be back for more. There's so much that we didn't cover and we've got some big stuff planned in the future. So make sure that y'all stay tuned for that. Uh, go down in the show notes if you want to contact her, which I highly encourage. She's incredible. She knows some amazing people and she herself is a wealth of fascinating information and she's so kind and wonderful. So uh, make sure to take advantage of that opportunity to have her uh, contact information and utilize it just like anybody here in the show guys that's why i link stuff down there it's not to sell books or whatever it's so you guys can connect with these folks and have your own personal experience with them as well it's what the collective is all about it's a community so uh down in the show notes as well guys would be the link to t public very excited about launching the merchandise it's a great way to support the show and um like i said just hashtag it uh on something and i'll find you and uh we'll we'll reach out and give a little shout out for you and also, like I said, it's a great way to support the show, guys. Um, we put these out for free, so that's one way that you can give back as well as Patreons on there as well. If you find value in the show, go ahead and show a little love if you're able to. That's that's amazing. Uh, as well as Rockfin. Y'all make sure to check out the link for that. There's a bunch of crazy cool stuff going on on that platform. Amy Belair's over there. All of Sam Tripoli's stuff. Uh, Charlie Robinson from Macroaggressions. Some of the folks we've had on the show, some of the other shows that I've been a part of, so y'all make sure to go take advantage of that. I think it's like nine bucks a month and you get access to all of this stuff. Like our premium contents, that's where we're hosting through. So if you want to check out the extra stuff that we're going to do on this show, which trust me, you do, then go check out Rockfin. 
Um, down there as well is going to be the link to the website. That's where all the links for uh, all the socials and stuff are going to be found on that, guys. So go check that out as well. We are featuring videos up there, and we'll be doing some other fun stuff there. Also, just a lot going on, a lot of really, really cool stuff going on. And I'm truly grateful for all of you for being on this journey with me. So I uh, go out into this week, this week, guys, and uh, of course, pick up a piece of litter. Be nice to every animal, entity, person that you come across. Uh, you know, go out of your way to open a door or to buy somebody a coffee or a meal or a bottle of water or something like that, guys. It's a tiny, tiny, tiny little thing that makes a massive ripple effect in the collective. And that's what it's all about. It's these incredibly beautiful small gestures that make a massive difference and trust me it does i want that for all of you i want you to experience that because it's phenomenal um also while you're doing all of that get out of the left hand lane that's a pain in the ass you know who you are and stop it uh also go out into this beautiful place whatever the hell this place is guys it doesn't matter what does matter is that y'all all just be good to one another thank you so much for listening we will see you next time This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.